0: Just a quick note before we get started with this episode, there are some issues with the sound quality, and this was just a product of us trying to figure out the best way to record these during lockdown when we could not see each other face-to-face, so I hope they don't interfere with your experience too much, and I really hope you enjoy the episode.
1: Welcome to this episode of the Two Book Girls Podcast. I'm Sasha. I'm Nicole. And today we're going to talk about One of Us Is Lying by Karen McManus. And narrated by a full cast is Kim May Guest, Shannon McManus, Robbie Damon, and McLeod Andrews. So let's get started with a short summary
0: okay so basically the book starts off where it's a group of people who all end up in detention under suspicious circumstances and it's very reminiscent of the breakfast club where you kind of have somebody from all the different groups in the school they're all there and during this one of the classmates dies and then that sets up for the rest of the book is trying to figure out who killed the classmate.
1: Yes yeah. so it's kind of like a mystery slash romance which you don't really get from the title you get more of a mystery but there is like a love story in this book as well so it's I think that should be mentioned. I think that's a pretty good summary. So I guess this is the part where we tell you that if uh, if you decide to read this book, then you might want to press pause and come back later because we will have spoilers. Give you a few seconds to decide and then we'll get started.
0: Okay. I think that's good. So what was your overall opinion of the book?
1: So I really like this book. The way I can always tell that I like a book is I have to read it all the way through. Without stopping. So nobody can bother me. I have a very short attention span. And this book, when I reread it, I, I mean, I was up until like 3, 4 o'clock in the morning trying to finish it. It's a real page turner. Even though I had read the book already before, I still could not put it down. So I really like the book. I like the different characters. You have groups in high school, but it's not always very you know, very strict lines between the jocks and the smart kids and the nerd. It's like, it's not as clear cut as the book makes it out to be, but, I mean, she really describes, you know, the brand, the jocks, the criminal. And what was the last one?
0: The beauty or the, the princess.
1: Beauty. Addie, yes, yes, the princess.
0: The athlete and the outcast.
1: Yes. Yeah. So, like you said, it, it was very much like Breakfast, the breakfast Club. And it'll be interesting if they did decide to make it into a movie because it would almost be exactly The Breakfast Club, but with a mystery. Yeah. Um, So what did you like about it?
0: I agree that it was really good, even the second time around. And I'm a person who, if, if it's one of those books where you, you know, it's a mystery where you're trying to find out what happened, I don't normally want to read them twice. Um, because I just felt like, you know, every, it's just, it's kind of the mystery is, is gone. And so the book seems pointless. Um, it had been a while since I read this. So I, even though I did know the answer to who killed Simon, I had forgotten so much of what helped, what got them there. And I was very interested in, you know, stayed engaged in rereading it. And I even, as soon as it was over, even though it wasn't on our list to discuss today, I went ahead and went straight into the second book in the series, which is One of Us is Next. Um, Just because I was, you know, really enjoying it. It was over and I didn't want it to end. So I went on to that next book.
1: Well, since you've already mentioned the next book, is it a series or is it like a different scenario? Um, A
0: different Well, no, it's the same, all the same people are in it with the addition of people. And so in one of kind of, what happens between the two books is one of the minor characters in the first book becomes one of the central characters in the second book. Oh,
1: okay.
0: But you still see the people from the first book, but they're just not the central characters anymore.
1: Oh, I bet she was from sister, but never mind. Let's not talk about the second book.
0: (laughs) But you would guess correctly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? Yeah. Um, So that's interesting. I I, I wasn't, and we're getting off track here, but I wasn't going to read the second book, even though I liked the first book so much because of the summary that the author gives. I didn't get that it was the same characters. I got that it was like a completely different set of people. And I wasn't sure I wanted to read it, but since it's, you know, in that same realm, I'll, I might read it. But anyway, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. Um, back to one of us is lying. What did you think about uh, Addie in this book?
0: Um. I liked Addie. I, I agree. I'm glad that you brought up that it is kind of a love story because Addie is, you know, part of that love story, which I think is, I really liked it. I think it's one reason I like the second book, too, is that their story continues on in the second book. Okay. Yeah. What about you?
1: So, I liked Addie because she was the person that changed the most in this book. Pretty much everybody else. Well, I guess you could say Nate changed in a way.
0: Or he stopped pretending.
1: Yeah, he he stopped pretending that he didn't have any feelings, that he was just, you know, solid all the way through and through. But Addie actually started off as the princess, started off as perfect and then we find out all of these things about the type of relationship that she's in and then even though she cheated You have to
0: completely ignore everything that I said. I got the characters mixed up. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go on.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So she cheated on. So I'm not going to ignore everything you said just because technically, Addie and Jay, their love story was you know it was kind of the beginning and then that story kind of breaks and falls apart but then there's another love story at the end which you never really see come to fruition so you get in this book the end of one story and the beginning of another one
0: and that one is where you're talking about Nate and Bronwyn yes yes that's when I that talking is the that Bronwyn. is who I was talking about and the love story that kind of drew me in
1: yeah i mean it's also, simple. I mean, it was almost exactly like the Breakfast Club, too, though. The smart girl in, no, that no. was the pretty girl um, in the Breakfast Club. Yeah,
0: it was the princess in the Breakfast Club, because the, the smart one in the Breakfast Club was a boy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a little different, I guess, but... I like Addie because she changed the most and then she ended up having like the most significant role in what happens to Simon and even though, you know, she was pretty much she was basically bullied after it came out and she you know, and Jake broke up with her, which was a whole different we're gonna have to talk about how crazy he is. But, can we
0: pause real quick? I yeah. wanna make sure I think that even though we do have spoilers on here, just in case anyone decides to listen and then still wants to to read it how about we don't say who killed simon okay okay we get to that let's keep that secret okay so go on
1: um so we're not going to talk about how crazy jake is because he is very controlling jerk very controlling jerk and it i mean it completely blows my mind but that's the reason why i like eddie as far as bronwyn and nate bronwyn was to be as smart as she was she was very stupid i feel like kind of how simon felt like she was already destined to be you know to at least get into one of her top goals and because and it didn't even seem like her parents put that much pressure on her maybe it was just the pressure of you know their history of going to Yale. i guess that she felt like she had to be perfect but i don't know i just thought that it was pretty stupid and pretty amazing that simon even found that out in the first place but yeah what did you think about cooper
0: not much because honestly i'm drawing a blank right now
1: (laughs) But cooper was the doc who turned out
0: to be oh yes okay so cooper i gosh that i i think his was maybe the more it wasn't the biggest portion of the story i don't feel but maybe the most complex because everybody else's it was pretty straightforward. You either, you know, she cheated or, you know, he was a stoner, she denied him, you know, whatever. Just the different people, like, in his, what Simon didn't like about them was kind of straightforward. And I just feel like Cooper, I, I don't know, his was just a lot more complex. Especially because it was, it was too, it was a lie and then a hidden truth, you know?
1: Well, we find out why the truth was hidden, which You know, you guys go check out. But we find out why it was a hidden truth. So it makes sense. The part that did not make sense to me was, well, I guess that makes sense too. Because I was about to say, it doesn't make sense that when they hid the truth and then they decided to put it out anyway. But I think that was more the police than anybody else that put out that he was gay. Yeah. So that makes
0: sense. Yeah, he was, and he was kind of forced into coming out. And it was just kind of interesting to me that, like, that was actually, in some areas of his life, worse than the alleged uh, steroid use.
1: Well, I think that's obvious because he knew he wasn't doing it. Like, even though people, the scouts stopped coming, he knew he wasn't doing it. They didn't have any proof. They were testing him and everything. And then in the end, it really helped him because he knew who he knew. What school is that? Caltech, I think. He knew that they were loyal to him, I guess, or that they believed him. Right. So, you know, maybe if they would have asked him, maybe he would have told them, hey, my dad, or hey, I decided, you know, not to give my all until the very end. So it looks like you know, like it was a it was kind of a deception, but it it honestly worked because it did make him look like he progressed in a major way over a short period of time. But in the end, it was all just, you know, wasn't a deception, but it was it was more like the strategy to, you know, to get noticed. Yeah. I mean, because otherwise he wouldn't have gotten better or it seemed to have gotten as better as much better as he did if he wouldn't have had that strategy so it wouldn't have been as much but you know something to talk about but I like Cooper yeah I like, I like Cooper too it was. and you know finding out finding yourself as a teenager is already hard and then having to come out to your father who's always been very hetero <laughs> yeah and you know the whole school who loves you because you're this know his job like I mean that's that has to be very complicated I mean high school is complicated without having to come out um and then you know he was already in love so it was it was just I liked him and and how strong he was even though he didn't know it at some time at times he didn't know it I liked how strong he was yeah I agree but let's talk about this crazy character Jake okay (laughs) yeah oh my god he's like Uh,
0: He's, like, the uh, poster boy for who most parents would want their child with, but they really shouldn't. Like, because he is psycho. (laughs) Absolutely. And I feel like, I I watch a lot of, like, true crime stuff. And I feel like he had to have been based off of the boyfriends that end up hurting their high school girlfriends or killing their high school girlfriends. They all seem a lot like him. Like, a, a... attractive everyone likes him he seems like so respectful so this and that but really he's super controlling and you know very different for the outside world than how he you know truly is on the inside like he covers his rage and things like that with like a smile and courtesy
1: exactly like those are the kind of people you have to watch out for right like i mean how long did he know that she had cheated before it actually came out like that's crazy to me i feel like so she cheated the year before Right, but when he, like, before summer, mm-hmm. you know, before they let out for summer or right when they let out for summer, something like that. So, in the time between when he got back from his summer break, I think he spent two weeks somewhere, and probably when he found out, he knew. So, he has to have known for months. Right. And he's just, like, smiling in her face, like, they're having sex together. I mean, he's, like, a complete, I mean, narcissist. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely crazy. But I don't know. Let's let's talk about before we finish up, let's talk about the police angle. Like how horrible did they do on that investigation?
0: (laughs) Yeah, horribly.
1: (laughs) I was just completely like, Oh my God. Like they didn't they literally took Everything for face value. Every single thing they took for face value. Who was in the room? Okay, these two were in the room, so they have to do it. Like, it was, I mean, we're not going to say who killed Simon. But I'm just saying, like, they pretty much didn't do any investigation until they were forced to after after basically telling everybody that Cooper was gay. Right. Like if that wouldn't have happened and that reporter who was also gay wouldn't have gotten upset and did a story on the police, like they probably would have got the wrong person for Simon's death. Like it's crazy.
0: Yeah, it, it is. It's just they obviously were inept at their job. It, But at the same time, part of me, my initial response whenever you first brought that up is like, yes, but that is kind of something that is always in these stories that are younger kids figuring out a mystery. The adults always have to be an app, you know, but at the same time, there's a lot of the way they did this police work that you see in actual cases, you know, is that it's like the path of least resistance, like what, you know, whatever it looks, looks like the best answer is what the cops go after. And it's, it's not just always bad, though, the though
1: Because there, at the end of the day, so many innocent people go to jail for crimes that they didn't commit, and it just—it's just sad just that our justice system is so built on the path of least resistance. Least resistance, like you said. I mean, it's—it's it's not always going to be cut and dry. Sometimes it can be very complicated, like in the story. Right. Oh, I mean, I don't know. That It was just, that part was sad. Just watching them blunder, and, you know, at the end of the day, the kids have to figure out themselves. That was crazy. But do you want to talk about Janae?
0: Yeah, you tell me, tell me your thoughts on Janae first. Because I, oh, yeah, I have different feelings. Go ahead.
1: So Janae was creepy to me in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, it says that nobody liked Simon. And, you know, Simon always wanted to be a part of a group. And he, you know, he considers himself to be attention worthy. And yet, only Janae cried for him. Like, everybody, of course, went to his funeral. Everybody went to the memorial, you know, to save face, I guess. But she was, like, the only one that was, like, boo-hoo crying every single day, I guess, for weeks or a month. After his death, and it it just seemed creepy to me. It seemed like she knew something, or she was doing something, or something.
0: Right.
1: I just yeah. And then when she started losing weight and just having these outbursts, I was just like, yeah, something's up with that. She something is something wrong. Right. So, in the end, you know, I appreciated her, but throughout the story, I was just like, she's something's wrong with
0: her. Yeah, I appreciated her too, but... And it's one of those things, like, where I said, oh, I just have a lot of feelings, is she ended up speaking up at the end about things that she knew that helped, you know, them figure out who was really to blame, but, you know, you just you're kind of frustrated because you're like, if you would have spoken up sooner. and But I think this happens all the time whenever you have like uh, these school shootings and things like that, where there's usually someone that knows something, you know, and, and it's like there's part that wants, you know, wants to blame that person for not speaking up. But then at the same time, you never, whenever you see these different people around you doing these things and you're just kind of, you don't always n- believe you don't want to believe this ill intent is is true you want to believe it's just them blowing off steam and that's kind of where I thought she was is that I I never I don't think that she thought that the people involved were going to go through with what they went went through with until it was actually done
1: yeah you know I agree But it's, I mean, it's still no excuse, right? So there are seniors in high school. They're not adults, and there's still some development that needs to happen. But at the same time, it's like you know better, right?
0: Right. I mean, you do know better. But it's one of, I I don't know. I think that it's, I think it's just tough. Like, yes, I think that she should have spoken up earlier. I think that all all of these things would have been the right thing to do. And definitely in retrospect or easy to say were the right thing to do. But you, if you just think about, like, I'm sure people spout off things all the time. And if everybody went and reported every random thing that someone said, it would be like the, you know, the boy that cried wolf or something, you know? Is that no, it would end up just being like, okay, another kid reporting another random thing they heard, you know, or another this or that or, you know, another discussion that didn't seem quite right. At what point would people start, it just sound like background noise instead of taking them seriously. Because I'm sure that, especially in high school, whenever your hormones and tensions and all this stuff and everyone's dramatic... I just think that there's probably a lot of stuff that gets said and done that isn't real, isn't serious. I mean, I definitely think she should have spoken up. But at the same time, I really think that she didn't want to believe that these people were going to carry out their plans.
1: As far as telling people, I think it should be, especially in a a school environment, it should never be the boy who cried wolf just because children are easily everything pretty much easily manipulated easily pressured easily everything and so if something happens one day what's the harm of investigating it to maybe not have a school shooting something that can escalate to the point where it becomes a school shooting because things weren't investigated or things weren't followed up on, like, bullying is real. Simon wasn't actually being bullied. I mean, he very much was depressed and all of these different kind of things. And, you know, that kind of, I don't know. And then they were in a rich environment. So I think that that probably has something to do with it, too. Like, oh, no, this wouldn't happen in this area or something like that. So... Right. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and I, um, I mean, and I'm not saying that all people shouldn't say something and they shouldn't investigate It's just, I, I guess I feel bad putting the blame on someone. I don't know. I guess I just feel conflicted about it, conflicted about what blame she should hold. Not that she shouldn't hold any, but I'm just conflicted about it, I guess.
1: I guess that's fair.
0: Yeah. But we are coming up on time. So any last thoughts about it or?
1: I guess my last thoughts are this book was pretty stereotypical, but I like. The mystery angle, it did give it something a little extra outside of the breakfast club kind of thing. I did really like the relationship and dynamic between Bronwyn and Nate and how she accepted him almost from the very beginning. And I like that Nate was able to open back up in the end when his mom came back. I, I mean, I just... I like their relationship, period, and I'm interested to see now in the second book if they go into that more or they you know, develop something more. I really appreciated how the author Karen McManus dug deep into Addie's character and she actually changed over time. Pretty much, I mean, she she changed more than any of the other characters, to me at least. So I really enjoyed watching and seeing that of Addie. Both of those princess types are like, oh my God, high school is everything. You know, this will, you know, this will follow me for the rest of my life type thing when in actuality, high school is just a period in your life. It's almost like a phase that you go through. And once you leave high school, it's like the real world is totally different. Right.
0: (laughs) No, and yeah,
1: it was crazy.
0: And you're right. Like she, I think she, at the beginning of the book, if you would have asked her, she thought everything like the sun rose and set with high school. And by the end of the book, she realized it didn't really mean anything. Exactly. So I have one last question for you and then we got to wrap it up. And that is who were you? If you were, if if you were, um, because of course these don't completely outline everybody and their personality, but you have the brain, the beauty, the criminal, the athlete and the outcast in high school. Who were you?
1: I was the brain in high school okay technically only because my high school was like a brain high school we didn't have jocks we didn't really have outcasts because everybody was smart we didn't have do we have criminals i don't remember any criminals so i mean i was a brain in a school full of brains.
0: Mm. yeah i mean that's kind of what i thought where you would fall okay well um
1: no no let me change my answer sorry Okay. In a school full of brains, of course I was a brain, but I was like a mixture between the brain and the outcast. And let me explain. So I say the outcast because in middle school, I was bullied. And so when I went to high school, I determined and I said to myself that I'm not going to put up with that in high school. So I like completely shut myself off from people. I mean, I had friends, of course, but I was not the type of person that you walked up to and was like, hello, can I sit here? No, you can't. So I was a mixture of the brain and the outcast. Not that people treated me badly. And actually in my senior year, people used to come up to me and be like, oh, I thought you were so mean. (laughs) (laughs) It's called resting bitch face. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, I just was determined not to go through what I went through in middle school, so that did kind of make me an outcast in a school of brains.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's it for this episode, and we will talk to you next time.